welcome. This is the Dating Counselor Podcast, the show that takes you out of the dating game and into a successful relationship. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I'm a licensed therapist, and I am the Dating Counselor. Thanks for listening. So what does it take to create a successful relationship? Well, that is the question that I am out to answer in teaching you my new class, The Relationship Screening Method. Go over to thedatingcounselor.com, click under Courses, and learn more about this new course that I'm offering on a virtual platform that also comes with weekly live coaching sessions with yours truly. So that's again, go to thedatingcounselor.com, look under courses and look up the relationship screening method so that you can actually apply the method to then begin creating your successful relationship. Hi, welcome to the Building a Successful Relationship podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Kennington Harmon, and I am thrilled to be with you today to discuss a little bit more about relationship OCD. Specifically, how do you know if you're just being picky or if this is just like not a good fit Um, or if you're really like having an, uh, an OCD kind of breakdown and you're really nitpicking about certain things and just like getting it in your own way, right? I've had a lot of questions about this. I get a lot of um, direct messages on my Instagram, a lot of email questions, and a lot of um, clients out questions. So I'm really excited to talk about this. And I brought with me a special guest. This is my friend Austin. He and I met, he listened to a podcast and then um, had messaged me and then he started doing some of my graphic design work. Um, the, the cool posters on my Instagram were done by Austin. <laughs> if they look basic, if they look basic, I did it. <laughs> and he's just been, um, he's been great to chat with. And of course we get into relationships and stuff because that's what happens when you're friends with me. <laughs> right. Right. This is true. No, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. So yeah, tell them a little bit about you, like where you're at in your life and stuff. Yeah, so my name is Austin. I'm studying at BYU and I'm studying graphic design. And so it's great. I get to get in contact with cool people like Lonnie and I came across her and it's been really fun to work with her and start spreading some of this awesome information that she has to offer. And so um, it's been great just to ask her questions and say, hey, this sounds like a really fun poster. What's this all about? Yeah. <laughs> so Lonnie has some awesome information to offer and um, I definitely asked her a few questions that she mentioned and learned so many things. And I know that you can too. And so, yeah, I'm honored to be here. Well, cool. So um, tell us a little bit about what you know about relationship OCD. Yeah, relationship OCD. So I, I mean, I guess it would be kind of along the lines of what you'd think it would be. Um, I would imagine o- relationship OCD being kind of this obsession and then a compulsion, the obsession being, um, is this the right relationship? Um, is this the right fit for me? Should I get out of this relationship? Is she going to break my heart? Am I going to break hers or theirs? Um, and then I guess just the continual thought process that repeats. I mean, I could be wrong there, but that's how I would kind of interpret it. 
yeah, you're totally right. It's um, that ruminating thoughts that kind of go through your mind, but it's specifically about relationship. Um, the anxiety that you feel about, is this the right person? Um, and maybe you're picking up on a lot of extra little things. Um, there's four different components of compulsions that you have that you may have. One of them is the reassurance seeking compulsion. Um, and that looks a lot like needing excessive reassurance. Um, how would you define excessive reassurance? Does that make sense? Or what questions do you have about yeah. that? Well, I would say my love language is words of affirmation, 100%. And so when I, when I would go on dates with girls, I would be looking for so much assurance. And I would be like, please just affirm to me that you're interested. And sometimes I didn't even know if I was interested, but I wanted that so badly. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, and maybe this is off topic, but that there are components and parts of that that the guy needs to take for himself at the beginning. If you want reassurance, you have to give it to the girl too. You, she can only, usually opens up only as much as you do. And so when I start to say things like, hey, like I'm really interested and I enjoy where this is going, then she gives me usually some reassurance or she can start to build off of that. And so I remember asking you questions about that and that definitely helped me so much to be able to set that, that precedence for where the relationship is going to go as long as I kind of begin saying those things, you know? Right. So it's important to note right here, like everybody needs reassurance. It's just one of those common things. Like I need to know if I'm pleasing to you you want to know if you're pleasing to me but for some reason we kind of play this cat and mouse game when it comes to dating like who's gonna say it first <laughs> and and for whatever reason too in in dating in 2020 there's this like the guy it's like he can't let her know that he's interested but he needs to ask her on a date <laughs> what is that game of mystery has yes to be so present and it's like it's so fun. None of us know if we like each other. It's like, <laughs> what? It's the worst. Yeah, like underneath, under the surface, you know, we know that there, you know, I don't it's know. It's like, that's why he's always like, do you want to hang out? Yeah. Cause like, then it's like vague. It's like the code, right? Like, do you want to hang out? Which is like, you could like me. And if you like me, then yes, I like you too. But if you don't, it's like, well, it's fine. Like you're overreacting. I just wanted to hang out. Exactly. It gives her no security. Oh, goodness. I have some friends who I've talked to about this, too, and they're like, I have been on a billion first dates. I've been on so many, and it just goes the same way. Like, I just can't figure out if these girls are interested. Oh, glory. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what have you done to kind of let them know that you're interested? Because you have a, you play a large role in how the relationship goes forward. And he was like, well, I guess I haven't really done much, but like, she hasn't done anything. Like she hasn't told me she likes me. And I'm like, well, she's not just going to come out of the while you're, like, hey, while you're on. I'm yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it you is so, it is so un, un, um, likely that the woman is going to come forward and say, Hey, I super like you. Thank you for taking me on this really great date. And sometimes the guy thinks that's exactly what they want, but then this whole hard to get thing happens. Like, eh, it's not fun anymore. She told me she's interested. And I think that's why we try to play this mystery game. Yes. Because we feel like we lose the hard to get fun when we just openly say like, hey, I'm interested. 
But the and thing then, is that makes it fun, I just have to interrupt you. What makes it fun is if you come in as the guy and you declare, hey, I'm interested, it gives her space to decide if she is. And that's the chase because you get to show her your best self. You get to like help her see why you're likable. And then yeah. she puts forward her best self and she's like, oh, maybe I will, I will be more vulnerable. I will let you in a little bit more. And then I can decide if I like you back. For sure. Well, this is really interesting because I recently started dating someone and at the beginning it was very like that. I think that if I would have dated her six months ago with the knowledge I had, we wouldn't be dating. Um, Which makes me so sad because I love her so much. <laughs> uh, she's the best. No, she's awesome. And it's amazing just to see that there, I would argue that dating is a total skill. It is yeah. I mean, there is some intuition, but I think that it's a, there, it can be a skill that you learn. Some people are just naturally really good at it. Good for them, to all you people out there who can just find someone to get married. But like, <laughs> that's not everyone, and I don't think it needs to be everyone. And so, um, yeah, when I met Gentry, we, we immediately started like going on dates, and there was clearly an interest. And I was like, oh, I enjoy the game. Like, let's just, you know, let's keep seeing where the chase goes. And then I was like, you know what? This doesn't need to be a game. There doesn't need to be a chase. And after like our second date, I was like, Gentry, I like, I'm interested and this is really fun. I'm excited to see where this goes. And I could see that when I said that comment, it like set a precedent for where the rest of the relationship would go. And it allowed her to open up. Mm -hmm. to a certain extent and be like oh this is where he sees it going so I can take it further too you know mm -hmm. and I can also have faith that this could go somewhere mm -hmm. because as we talk about there's this window of opportunity mm -hmm. and if you blow that and you don't take initiative within those first few weeks or week of meeting each other then it kind of dies and I would argue that it's the same thing with how you set that standard for where your relationship's going to go mm -hmm. if you're not like I'm interested at a certain point early on you don't want to leave her to her own thoughts for too long because she's going to be like and he hasn't taken any initiative and chances are that's when you get the the ghost or right. no response and then you're all in your pity party mm -hmm. and it's like what have you done what have you done to set a standard for her to understand where you wanted the relationship yeah I am I want this is a romantic interest this isn't just like a hey hey pretty girl she's got a lot of guys saying hey pretty girl like what makes you unique and distinctive to her you know and i think if you're this there's a fine line because if you're too pushy um and like i like you i like you i like you do you like me do you like me do you like me you have to tolerate some uncertainty in this like you have to come forward and there's going to be I don't know, a space of time, and I'm going to throw this out there. It couldn't be, maybe it's not this long, maybe it's a little bit longer, but like four to six weeks where you don't know if she's into yeah. you. And she yeah. might be saying yes to dates and she might be giving you information saying, yes, I'm interested. Yes, I like you. But then you hit that, like, are we going to be exclusive question? And it's like, I don't know if I am or if I'm not. And so there, there is still the pursuit. There is still the chase, but it's just like letting her know that you're that you're there, and then not overburdening her with the pursuit. Just being clear, direct, and steady. I agree, a hundred percent.
And to kind of go along with that, I think it's good to treat every girl as if though they go on a billion dates. Yeah. Another date. Yeah. Because what makes you any different? Are you more charming? Are you more handsome? Like, great. If you are, good for you. But like, chances are she's just going to go off somewhere else and be like, I'm going to go for the guy who lets me know that he's interested. You know? Yeah. How do you single her out is the biggest factor. And I think when you can say that and be like, hey, pause for a second. You're going on all these dates with all these people. Like, maybe they haven't said this to you, but I'm about to. Like, I'm interested. And then she's like, whoa, like time freezes for a second. And she can finally start to hone in a little bit and be like, hey, maybe there's something down this, like down this path that I otherwise would have kind of overlooked. Well said. Well said. So let's flip that back into the relationship OCD aspect of it, because this is where sufferers kind of get off track, right? Um, They want excessive reassurance. And so excessive looks like maybe you're doing a huge over pursuit, right? You were not, maybe you're not saying the words like, hey, I'm interested in you. And even if you do, then you're looking for like signs, like all the signs. Well, she texted me back in two minutes rather than two hours or she wore my favorite color or she invited me to meet her roommates or like you're just looking for all these big signs and then you're creating all these interpretations off those signs and making assumptions off of that. Um, Sometimes reassurance seeking that's excessive is also like, do your roommates like her? Do your, do your friends like her? Does your dog like her? I mean, who cares? Do you like her? Yeah. Like (laughs) you're the one that gets to decide. Isn't that neat? Yeah. So you have to do some self-soothing yeah. techniques and involve yourself in your life. Um, meditations are good. Exercise is good. Um, kind of getting that excessive energy that comes into your mind and in your body with the anxiety and working it out, like figuring out how to get it out. Um, there's three other categories I want to hit here. There's overt compulsions, avoidant compulsions, and mental compulsions. Okay. So um, let's take a break here really quick and then let's come back in and we're going to talk about um, avoiding compulsions because they're my faves. I hate them. Okay, hold on. Welcome back. So we're going to talk a little bit about avoiding compulsions. Now, for those of you who have followed some of my other podcasts, remember that avoidant is also a used word, a word that we use inside the attachment system where you can have a secure attachment, an anxious attachment, or an avoidant attachment. In this sense, the avoidant compulsion becomes an aspect of anxiety. So you feel a lot of anxiety and you're feeling a lot of that stress. And so you do these things to like hold the relationship at arm's length so that you don't entangle yourself or or you avoid hurting them, right? So it's saying things like I avoid saying I love you or praising or complimenting them. Like let's say your partner says, well, my love language is words of affirmation. And so rather than being like, oh my gosh, what you did today was like so eloquent as they prepared a speech and performed their speech, just being like, you did great. (laughs) You know, I mean, just kind of like, you just, you don't want to overly praise or like accurately reflect how you feel. You just kind of keep it, keep it soft because you don't want entanglement just is the word that kind of keeps coming up. Or sometimes for her to come too close. Okay. Because I think you're worried that at least I would imagine it as if you have that fear and anxiety, 
you don't know if she's the one yet, so you don't want to treat her like that, you know? So like, let's wait, 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 wait. Let's break down the one. <laughs> what in the hell is that? <laughs> Seriously, so... Like, I just want to oh, poke myself in the stuff. eyeball every time I say, well, I don't know if they're the one. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, certainly it's going to help you figure it out while you're holding them at arm's length. I'm sure that they're going to reveal themselves as your one true love while you're like, I think I kind of like you, but like only on Wednesdays. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think we all fall, you know, fall to this idea of the one. Maybe, I mean, after even asking you some questions, I was like, oh my gosh, I have this mentality too. Like, well, because, like, if yeah. you're LDS, maybe you grew up watching Saturday's Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so hard when you look around and you see all these people and friends and they're getting married and they're like, I knew she was the one. Like, people are including this in their vocabulary for describing how they found their spouses. Do you think that maybe they say that? I mean, on occasion, yes. Okay, that's the one. Okay, whatever. I can't, I can't question people's judgment there. But do you think sometimes they say that because it's so anecdotal and, like... That's what they're supposed to say so that their partner feels like, great. Yes, but I also think a lot of that comes from the fact that they, they've invested so much time. They've been present for this person. They have like told each other things about their life. They've been able to soothe one another like for months or years at a time, you know? And because oh, okay. That, so wait a minute. You're telling me that they're saying that at the, like, as they're getting married. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm thinking that you're saying that early on and I'm all, (laughs) but yeah, no, I feel like you can say it down the road for sure. Yeah. No, I think later on because you've made them like someone who, who you trust completely, who you've given yourself to, you know, but early on, I think that's ridiculous to think that way. Yes. And look down the road and be like, oh yeah, like I've made you into somebody who I've invested time in and who I've like, I have deep emotions and care for. Right. So like you choose, you choose someone to date and then that relationship gets created and turned into the one. 100%. Love it. Because this is the other thing about the one. When people think that you found the one, they think that everything falls into place very organically, very quickly. And I've seen men and women go into this pitfall of being like, well, they should do this. The one is going to do this. And the one is going to be able like, like this mysterious one is going to be able to organically read my thoughts. Oh, for sure. Well, let me give you some examples too, from like myself. And I don't know if this is helpful, but um, when I have been in relationships and I've been thinking about this, when I first had this mentality, I would say, if this was the person I was supposed to marry, how would this date feel? So on a first date, you imagine fireworks. You imagine going home from dinner and being like, I don't want this date to end. Let's just talk all night until 4 a.m. And like, oh, I want to spend every second with you. My heart yearns for you. I'm so attracted to you. Oh, my gosh. Like, I absolutely love you. Mm-hmm. Like, that was kind of my my mentality. And that is so unhealthy. But looking back and before I, you know, had some sort of dating experience, I definitely thought in this way. And so that's where we get into a rut is when we start to define what we think it will feel like to be on a date with our wife. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And can I just echo that what you said about the we stay up till four a.m. It's like that's the hallmark of it was a successful date. Like we went and we just couldn't get enough of each other, and so we walked around the city, and then we stayed up till four a.m. giggling, and I just can't get enough of them, and I'm just so tired but so giddy. Like I don't know what it is about this all nighter thing that we think that reveals the one. (laughs) But I personally think that's like (laughs) wacko. Give you a little point of like perspective. So I went on a date with with Gentry. Our first date came after knowing each other for a little bit. When I first met her, she was kind of quiet, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know if she." I didn't. I didn't know a lot about her, Mm -hmm. and I started to like form some opinions. They weren't. They weren't bad necessarily, but it definitely wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is someone who I'm going to date. You know, Mm -hmm. there wasn't anything that like super jumped out, other than the fact that I thought she was really pretty. Mm -hmm. And then that sounds really rude. Like I'll I'll say that up, but I mean there wasn't. I hadn't invested anything into it, Mm -hmm. and then I started to get to know her and to ask her some questions and went on a date. And I told myself when I went on that date, like just go on a date and just have fun. Like that's all you're doing and you're making a new friend and you don't have, just push aside all of these expectations. And I went on the date and it was super fun. I I think we just went to dinner and hung out and it was, it was great. Like we had a fun time, but I wouldn't say I came home and I was like, oh my gosh, sparks. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to date this girl hundred percent. It was more like, could I date this girl? Like, yes. And I want to get to know more about her. Yes. Awesome. Like I left with more of a curiosity and I realized that that was, that was great because otherwise if it was such, if it was like a feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have to be with her every second. Like, oh, I'm so attracted to her. Is that bordering and teetering the line of lust? Like that is such an interesting thing that I thought of like this thing that we think is going to be the perfect like hallmark scenario like you mentioned are we confusing that with what lust is and so i feel like we are because the the first stage is attraction and sometimes we want that to be so all-consuming that it overwhelms our uncertainty and we just feel like compelled to move forward and once the lust so to speak is satisfied whether it what in whatever frame of reference that is for the couple um where, where else are you moving forward from there? Yeah. You know? No, I totally agree. Well, after this date, I, so as I mentioned, I had, you know, more of a curiosity. And so she invited me to go and hang out with her brother and sister. And we just painted pumpkins and it was super fun. And on that, and I went in and I had this, I was like, what is pulling me back? Like, what is pulling me back from completely just like letting my heart get into this? And really see where it was going. And I was, I realized that the underlying issue and thought was don't give yourself so much that you hurt her and hurt yourself because she's probably not the one, you know? Hmm. And subconsciously, this is definitely the thought that was running in my mind. And I said, you know what? Who cares about that thought? I'm going to go and I'm going to act like this is going to go, that we're going to date for months to come. Mm -hmm. And I think when I had that mentality, I was like, yeah, like, let's get to know this girl. Let's finally, because there's been some girls that I've gone on dates with and started the date and I just called it off. Two weeks, I called it off and I look back and my biggest regret was I didn't let myself, I didn't let my heart open up 
because mm-hmm. I was too worried about all these other things. Mm-hmm. You have to go into a relationship like ready to have your heart busted. Mm-hmm. And I think, and ready to like potentially break up with them in the long run. And that's hard, you know, that's scary. But you have to take those risks. You have to enter into a relationship without those preconceived thoughts and worries. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about with relationship OCD. Um, and I would definitely say there were parts of that that I definitely had. Um, relationship OCD can be a real thing. And I think when we start to have that cycle of thoughts, that's the OCD coming and saying, whoa, whoa, whoa like, hold out, don't give yourself completely because you're gonna miss out on the time to potentially meet the person you're gonna marry. Like. Don't give yourself. And that's such a dumb thought. I think, yeah, I think it can be disguised as that fear of missing out. The total FOMO. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is so much dating FOMO. Like, I would find myself sometimes going through mutual. Like, this is a joke. I can't believe I'm admitting this, but it's true. And I think that people experience this where they're going through mutual. Like, oh, she's so pretty. Is she prettier than the girl that I'm kind of dating? Yeah, she might be. That means that there's girls out there that are more attractive. Well, you need to understand that there are girls that are more beautiful out there. <laughs> like, well, and there's guys that are hotter. Yeah, there's guys that are definitely more good looking than the guy that you're dating or whoever. And that's fine. There's always going to be something that seems better. But what becomes the best is what you put into it and make of them. And I'm mm-hmm. not negating the fact that you have to have an attraction. But... Well, that's just it, though. Like you have attraction, but then you keep building. You don't just keep looking for new attraction. Yeah. It's not an amusement park where you just go on a new ride. Sorry, that sounds really terrible. <laughs> it's true, though. Not like a person is a ride. I know that's got a sexual connotation that I don't intend to bring up. I'm <laughs> just saying, like, your your opportunity here is to get into the best parts of the relationship, which which is where you have that emotional, physical, mental, spiritual connection with someone. And when you do that with someone and you go through life together, your life is enhanced because you've got that support with you and you're able to offer support which makes you feel more needed and valuable I mean that's the whole point so if you're just kind of going through um a lot of opportunities and just thinking oh I have to wait until this person is revealed to me as being this great true mythical the one you'll date forever yeah like it's age appropriate to be in an exclusive relationship and to try someone on for a fit and when things are going well why stop i totally agree you know and then as they reveal themselves they feel more vulnerable you feel more vulnerable suddenly you're like my attachment to you is actually pretty significant and i want to create an even more safe space for you and i want to anticipate things that would make you happy and wow oh my gosh you're doing that for me and that just feels so good and that's where love starts to grow and suddenly they reveal themselves as the one. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes we push aside the fact that attraction is also the the spiritual, emotional, like mental connection that you mm-hmm. have with them. We don't realize that it's beyond looks. And sometimes that will definitely deepen. You will be so much more attracted to somebody as you start to explore those other, those other areas of them. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, like you're somebody who, like there's someone beyond the face. There's someone beyond. Mm -hmm. And then you're lucky because you're like, and I still get to look at your face. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) That is the point. You just became hotter. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like it's true, though, because the attraction does build, the physical attraction being one of the things that builds. So if you think they're attractive at first, as they open themselves up and you open yourself up and you go through these shared life experiences, suddenly they become even more attractive. Yeah. And and that, um, you know, that's the yummy part. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times do you watch, like, a rom-com or some movie and they're just, they hate each other at the beginning, you know, they're like, some some fight breaks out where they're just not meant to be like mm-hmm. clearly. yeah then they have some experience together or something happens they get locked in a cabin in the woods overnight they're locked with no in heat the there's always no heat it's so just cute. the campfire and each other <laughs> <laughs> exactly and we think like oh my gosh they're just so attracted to each other so they love each other and it's like well i think that movies you know they show that in a very um, just so you know like none of that is like actually how it happens oh never no and you know why because if a woman treated a man like some of these women do in rom-coms he would not come back <laughs> he would not and she's not going to run into him at the coffee shop and she's not going to get stuck on a on you know in the cabin in the woods and if she does she should be terrified <laughs> Don't get your dating advice from Hallmark. That's no. That's I mean, it's really nice to see these things come together. But, like, it's so funny to me to watch rom-coms and be like, oh, my gosh, I love this. And I can totally predict what's going to happen. And then to put it in, like, a real world, real world scenario. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, she'd never do that. He'd never say that just based on the way men and women are. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't like we don't like being wounded that often that much and makes us come back and say, hey. That made you very attractive. I love that. I love like, okay, that. now and then being like a little playful, a little hard, like that tension can grow. Like, yes, that's real life. But yeah. some of these are not. I feel like if, if I'm being honest, my very favorite movie in the whole world, it's While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> and I feel like as much as that one is so outlandish, it's way more realistic <laughs> than, than a lot of these other rom-coms. <laughs> so funny yeah i am in love with your son not that one that one (laughs) that one oh my gosh good one would recommend for sure let's take a break for a minute and uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about some ways that you can get better welcome back here i am with austin and i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about what it's like for your partner when you have relationship ocd and they're with you (laughs) Because I think, remember, everyone needs, does some of these things where you compare to other relationships, where you need some reassurance. It's just that we go into this place called excessive and we go into this place called rumination and you don't want these things to be resolved. You think you do, but then you just kind of keep bringing up new roadblocks, right? So in a normal, normal, I hate the word normal. What is normal? When it's within normal limits... A relationship is going to have ups and downs. You're going to have a part where you're like, I don't really like that about them. And they don't really like this about me. And we disagreed or we miscommunicated. um, And you work towards creating a resolution with each other. Right? And it's inside of the, the bringing up and being your real self. And then communicating and having a resolution. That attachment and security starts to really grow. And so the point of understanding that my partner has ROCD is that they may take a little bit longer to get to the resolution. 
and they may be a little resistant to the resolution. And there's usually something kind of underneath that resistance, like maybe I really don't want to be in a relationship at all. Maybe I really don't want to get married. Maybe I don't want to be a wife or a mother or a provider, or I don't want the traditional roles and you do, or I, you know, there, there's just something that can sometimes be underneath that that needs to be resolved and that may not have anything to do with you. For sure. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I don't know. There, it is scary when you wonder if it has to do with you and you, you go back and forth thinking about just all of the fears that you have. And, you know, you wonder like if she finds out that I have these concerns, like, is she going to want to, is she going to want to leave and kind of go date someone else? But I think it just involves, hopefully I'm answering the question right, but I think just being vulnerable with Mm -hmm. her about some of the things that are concerns in the past and things that you would hope that she would know. I think that you need to be transparent. Otherwise there will be some sort of blindsiding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just saying like, I, I have a like higher predisposition for anxiety and like overthinking things. So if I'm asking some questions or diving a little deep and that feels uncomfortable to you, please let me know. This is kind of how I process. Right. Yeah, and sometimes, like as you were talking about avoidant people, uh, they have this fear of people getting too close to them. Mm-hmm. And when they do come close, they start to pull back. Mm-hmm. It becomes this never-ending cycle mm-hmm. of the, the girlfriend or boyfriend coming closer and the others just pushing away. Mm-hmm. And no one gets anywhere because one's requiring, what, like hoping for more love and care and the other one's like giving it but then pulling giving it and pulling away Mm -hmm. and so the answer to that is sometimes being like hey I really care about you and I enjoy your company but there might be some times when I just need to pull away a little bit Mm -hmm. not pull away that's not a good way to say it but just be like I might just need some me time Mm -hmm. and I think that's healthy I think that's okay to kind of establish that and see the how problem that, yeah the problem that comes with avoiding sorry the worst interrupter I'm so sorry <laughs> I love it you're great oh my gosh but the problem that comes sometimes that I should I just want to throw in before I forget it's that when you need some alone time they need to know when you're coming back you know like I'm gonna go hang out with my brother tonight and I'll I'll check in with you when I get home or I don't know, but just like sometimes in a secure relationship, there's never like this lack of transparency and this vague, like, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, It's like, I'm going to go, I'm not going to tell you, I don't need to tell you a play by play of everywhere that I've been and what I'm doing and who I'm, you know, driving past on the road. Um, But there's still, (laughs) yeah, there's a level of trust that exists, but there's like this space of like, hey, I'm going to be, this is when we're going to reconnect. Because it's not like this, I don't care about what happens to you. There's things like life keeps happening when you're apart, right? And if this person feels like you've asked for this undisclosed amount of space, they usually, a secure person will usually give it to you. And then they're going to go through life by themselves while you're taking all this space. Like I see this and this is what brings people to couples counseling a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. One partner will be avoidant and the other partner will be anxious or one tends to do more avoidant type things, right? And so they'll be taking their space and doing whatever they're going to do. And this can be like days 
sometimes, sometimes much longer than that. And in the meantime, the other partner is like dealing with real stuff. Like the husband's like, don't bug me at work. I'm at work. Don't bug me at work. So she's not calling to tell him that so-and-so fell in the playground and broke her arm and she took him to care and now they're home and they can't get the pain meds because the tire went flat. Like she's having to deal with all of this stuff by herself because he says, don't bug me at work. And then she comes home and she says, you don't, you said not bug, not to bug you. He says, well, you can call me for that. And she's like, well, where's the line? And he's like, it's a good question. Cause I've drawn a very thick, don't bother me at all. And now I need to understand that like life and connection has to happen outside of that. So your life is still going on while I'm taking all my space. Yeah, for sure. Right. And just push them to the side. I mean, I think it's healthy sometimes to be like, I mean, no matter how good your relationship is, like we're, we're human. Sometimes we just need me time. Mm-hmm. I think that's healthy. I think that's okay. But it's good to include your partner in that me time mm-hmm. and explain your reasoning as well. And then let, like you said, let them know when you're coming back. Mm-hmm. You're like, Hey, you know, I just have wanted to like, be with my friends for a little bit and so I might go hang out with them and like I'm available call me if you need something or like but like I'm still excited to be with you and I'm excited to see you Mm -hmm. tonight or Mm -hmm. tomorrow or tomorrow morning Mm -hmm. and letting them know that lets you know like they're not leaving to avoid me they're leaving for their own this is how they recharge yeah and also letting them know that their friends are still important because you can't just completely throw them to the side and I think that's healthy to have that time apart if they know the reasoning behind it. And mm-hmm. I, I've definitely been conscious of that and not, and seen so many friends of mine as well, who've gotten married and during their time of um, being engaged, they just completely cut off friendships, completely cut off everything. And I think there is a line too, when it's too much of like being completely together mm-hmm. and, um, there is also the line like we talked about being too avoidant and pushing them away mm-hmm. and you yeah it's a very thin line but <laughs> I think you just have to strike a balance and in, in saying like what your intentions are and kind of recognizing that um I don't know things evolve and and, and change and develop and that there's sometimes that they, you just have to go through that together and decide what your intention is as a couple for sure. You know. And if they care about you, they'll care about your quirks and they'll care mm-hmm. about these little things as long as you include them in it and let them mm-hmm. know where they fall within mm-hmm. those those concerns of yours. Um so kind of going back to to my dating experience if we want to talk about that. Yeah, I'd love to. If you're comfortable, um, share. <laughs> so I hope I haven't made it sound like um things are not great between us and I have absolutely loved dating her. I was just wanting to clarify that beginning it was it was difficult it was it was hard to get past some of my initial fears that I had and they weren't about her it was just the dating in general and I realized that it was it was patterns and I'd gone on enough dates and seen this cycle happen enough that I realized that when my heart wanted to open up more I would pull away freak out end things and then continue the cycle again of the search and so with her, um, not only was I more committed to doing that, but it, it became more natural. And I'm really glad that I got my crap together so that I could <laughs> enjoy this because like it has been an awesome experience and I've been able to open up more and 
there have been some times I, I know at the beginning my brain would do this cycle too where it's like oh my gosh oh my gosh like what if what if things don't go and, and like where I where I hope they do like what if we break up what if she breaks my heart you know all those different things that made me want to pull away and I just said okay you just need to breathe for a second you know and um when we would finish um, hanging out at this time we weren't dating, I would kind of take a second to breathe to really regather my thoughts and just keep asking myself, what is your underlying fear? And when I really established that that fear was hurting her and hurting myself, I realized like what relationship and in what world would you never have that factor? Like there's always gonna be that fear and so I said, you know what, just get over it. And if, if, and date her until there is that feeling of like, you know, there's clearly a red flag and this isn't going to work out. And so when I had that in mind, I was like, okay, like I'll just keep going along with it until something tells me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And that has brought me so much peace and talking to friends too. I was, when I had these moments of panic, I was like, I know it's not her. Like, she's great. It's me. And that was such a reassuring thing to be like, it's me. (laughs) Like I'm the one. And when she was, I mean, she was just, she was amazing. So kind. She's so sweet and beautiful. And, and I'm really glad that it it taught me dating her to realize that it was totally, it was totally me that needed to figure it out because she had all these amazing qualities. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what we've been doing. And it's been so fun. Like I'm just exploring more and more about her every day that I love and, and the attraction is growing just because there's so many factors, you know, the spiritual and I'm experiencing, I'm learning about the hard and good times of our lives. And we're kind of going through life together and that's so fun. And it's been nice to finally break that, that like pattern that I've had in the past. And I don't think I could have done that with anybody else. She's been so good at helping me and I've been open too with times and I'm like, I'm sorry, like I'm just kind of panicking for a second and I'll explain my thoughts. Like I just don't want to hurt you and I don't want you to hurt me and I I verbalized that. Gosh, that's and so brave. I, good job. It what it's amazing because I thought when I'd say that she'd be like, Oh my gosh, like you're just you're flaky, you know, you're just preparing to like break my heart. And as she said that, and as that came out of my mouth, I realized it was doable and it was okay. And like, everything would be fine. And I saw how she reacted and she's like, that's my worry too. <laughs> I'm worried that you're going to break my heart. And it was just kind of nice to, to hear that from each other and be like, we're in this together. You know, we're both like, we're both experiencing similar things. No one wants to get hurt. And I think there would be concerns if you we're worried about not getting hurt, you know? Right. Yeah. If you're like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I was like, I don't care if I get hurt, then clearly I'm probably not interested, but, um, I just think verbalizing it, just talking it out, talking about it with them, involving them in, um, in those concerns that you have can really get you through the obstacles that would otherwise push you to not dating or not dating them. So well said. Thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable here with this undisclosed amount of listeners, <laughs> the myriads of listeners. No, um, I hope if anything, it just helps people yeah. to realize that like, I'm just an average Joe from Provo and <laughs> they, you can find they, him at average Joe Provo. 
Just kidding. Have a Projo. Have a Projo. Amazing. I'm kidding. That's not his handle. <laughs> what I was going to say on that note was that you, you hit a good point in that both of you have to recognize, like, yes, we could hurt each other. That's not my intention. But it can happen. And when one partner gets so worked up and worried about hurting the other partner, then sometimes that's the thing that ends it. So I think you have to have a healthy respect for the fact that let's go into this thing like we will both decide if we're not a good fit for each other. I'm not just going to blindside you. We'll have a discussion and we'll be like, this and this isn't working or this and that isn't feeling right or this and this timing isn't happening and we need to move on and... um let each other go and wish each other the best, right? None of this ghosting crap and none of this, like, I decided there were all these red flags in my head and I didn't share them with you or try to resolve them. Unless, of course, there's a safety issue, in which case, run. But Don't underestimate communication. That mm-hmm. has been our most powerful um, strength within our relationship, too. Like, seriously, just... Just say how you feel because they're going to feel like you're going to come to them when you come to that roadblock of, I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Do I see this going anywhere? If they can feel like you're at least going to have a conversation before things end, there's so much peace that comes from that Mm -hmm. because like, wouldn't you rather a conversation rather than a ghost? Like, Oh, glorious. Anyone would. And letting them know that that's the kind of person you are is a communicator is just everything, you know, that is to me, it's a hallmark of maturity saying that you're ready for, um, you're ready for a relationship. It's part of those dating skills. Yeah. You know? For sure. That's, it's so reassuring. I think that has been the greatest thing that I've learned is over just my experiences in dating is you have to communicate, communicate your intentions, let them know where you see the relationship going, mm-hmm. um, and let them come equally far. You know, let mm-hmm. them come as close as you're going. And just like your rubber band analogy, I don't know if you've explained that on your podcast, but as you've explained it to me, having the the rubber band, you can, I mean, if you imagine it wrapped around one finger, your pointer finger, and then the other pointer finger, if you pull them apart, you know, they're going to, the rubber band's going to stay there. But as one, if one, like say your left finger starts to pull inward and kind of bend down, as you're pushing to be vulnerable and to, you know, express your interest, if they're not coming equally far, that rubber band will snap over that finger and launch into who knows where. Mm-hmm. Like they have to equally come. You say, hey, I'm kind of interested. And they're like, hey, I'm kind of interested too. Hey, let's go on a date. Great, let's go on a date. Hey, I love this about you. I like this about you. Then you do something nice for them. They do something nice. Like you just, it's amazing how it can come together. And I think that's the biggest fault is when we just let ourselves completely fall forward. Rubber band snaps over and it's mm-hmm. gone. It's done. Yeah. But And they go, oh my gosh, well, they didn't tell me that they liked me. Yeah, <laughs> like, me. It goes back to that whole, like, you can tell them first. It's fine. It helps. Exactly. And I think that can relieve so much relationship OCD too. When you realize if they don't go far or as equally far as you're going in your vulnerability, then it's probably not going to go anywhere and take assurance in knowing that you have a tool yeah. to kind of guide that. I mean, if they're not going to go that far and they're not going to tell you that they're interested, then there's your answer. Like 
sorry, but at least you know, and you don't have to keep bending over backwards to have that rubber band snap in your face and, you know, be upset and sad. Mm-hmm. Love it. Good job. It's like you've learned so much. I'm just like so <laughs> proud of you right now. Just like all this. Yeah, everything I know. No. But it's amazing. You know, I'm like. Hey, you listened but... and you applied it to what you needed. Oh, I think that's sure. great. Well, I found your, so I met you and started doing design for you. And then you told me about your podcast and started listening to those. And I was like, oh my gosh, some of this is like no brainer stuff. But at the same time, like pure genius <laughs> oh yeah total genius uh, basement genius right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you gotta give yourself more credit it's amazing like the things that i've learned just even in quick conversations like hey this is a concern i've had like is this okay and you're like yes this is normal this is fine keep going and that's just sometimes just having that and be careful my i guess my last little bit of advice would be be careful in who you trust to give you advice True story. If, if you have people in your life who are so quick to pick your side, be cautious. Because if you come home and say, this happened on the date and she like didn't tell me that she was interested too. Then if your friend is like, what a jerk, she's the worst, like dump her. You know, if, that, if that's their initial reaction, somebody who's immediately going to take your side be cautious in that advice because you want someone who can also be like, what did you do? Is everything right on your side? Like, did you do everything you were supposed to? How vulnerable were you? Like, I don't know. And that's been awesome to have you to be able to do that with, because I know that if I make a stupid mistake, you're not just going to be like, oh my gosh, that's probably her fault. She probably did this. You know, you're like, what can you do better? Be like, pull yourself <laughs> together, Austin. <laughs> yeah, pull yourself just together. Kidding. Sometimes you need that. Yeah. Like, don't just go to your friends who are going to give you what you want to hear. Go to Well, that's the thing about like relationship OCD is that you can go to your, if, if your friends don't know this is like a thing that you do, like you can go to your, to somebody and be like, blah, 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 blah. And you'll, you'll tell whatever tell you need to, to get them to say what you want them to say, which is she's the worst. Sure. Oh, I, so, used to, I used to do that. I'd come home and be like, okay, what could it, and my brain would do this too. It would be like, what's, what's a flaw? Like, there's gotta be a flaw because I'm freaking out. And the underlying issue was me. Mm -hmm. I was the one freaking out. There was no flaws on their part. But when I went home to like my friends or roommates, it was so easy to be like, I saw this flaw or like this. And that sounds so dumb to say, but you do say that because then you want your friends to be like, yeah, that's worse. Like, yeah, don't go with her. I'll go with her and you're like yeah that's a that's sign right. you're just validating your relationship OCD like yep. be careful in who you go to that is just gonna you know feed that OCD and like make you feel better about yourself like go to the people who are gonna be like buddy I love you it's your fault <laughs> you're the one who's freaking out she's a 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. and, you, and I think that I mean that applies in so many situations so. right well said. Dude, thanks so much for joining me with this. This has been such a fun conversation. And I I hope that listeners really get what they need from it. Again, feel free to like direct message or email me um, if you have more questions about this specific subject. We'll definitely keep this conversation rolling and keep producing podcasts that hopefully help you create your own successful relationship. So thanks for listening. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to the Dating Counselor podcast, where I help you build a successful relationship. It would mean so much to me if you could rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast so that we can change the way dating is happening and everybody can have a successful experience. If you do, please send me a screenshot. I would love to see your review and share it on my social media. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. Peace and blessings. This podcast and the social media associated with it represents the opinions of Lonnie K. Harmon, LCSW, and her guests to the show. The content here is intended to be psychoeducational and should not be taken as specific mental health advice. The content here is for informational and educational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health professional for any mental health questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are her own and that of her guests to the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Privacy is of, is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapist-client relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast, please send a message to Lonnie at Lonnie at MillCreek-Counseling.com. That's Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at MillCreek-Counseling.com.